Behind all the glamour. Behind the Lux listings. A raw take on all things real estate. All things New York City. All things us. Okay, we're back with Real Talk, our podcast, our third episode. Steve Cohen and... Tim Malone, thanks for tuning in, guys. Um, what's today's New topic? topic this week. Yeah, what's it called, Tim? Losing to win. Ooh, <sighs> let's like break that. that down. Okay, so let's just take a pause. Losing to win. What does this actually mean? Right, let's break that down. So, losing to win. Ultimately, you want to win in life. What does winning mean? And sometimes, obviously, you have to take steps backwards to move that many more steps forward. Um, and I would even go as far yeah. as to say in life, you want to get ahead. And sometimes just to get ahead, sometimes yeah. you have to take a step back. Um, and I think as we were talking in all aspects of life in major things and even really minor day-to-day -day activities, yeah. sometimes it's, it's about that, like, no, I just need to step back and I might have to lose a little bit in order to really get forward or gain or achieve what I want. Um, I love what you said about moving ahead. Yeah, right. because I think we can do it in the major aspects of our life, but then it's also... The smaller, min minute areas. Yeah. And it could also mean giving up something, not just stopping or... But giving up something, I mean, on the simplest, if you're moving ahead in where you want to be with your diet or your health. Sometimes it's giving up the immediate pleasure. This is pretty obvious for the long-term gain. Totally. Yeah. It's being in awful New York city traffic in the middle of the day and saying, I don't want to get out and walk, but I'm going to get out and walk. And then eventually you get there sooner because you got out and walked. Yes. Wow. That is very I, I just New did that York on the way city here. centric. That's why. <laughs> I was two blocks away and I'm like, am I going to sit in this car or am I just going to get out of here and walk? Yeah. Traffic's getting bad. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So let's apply this. Let's talk about this in all the different areas of our lives, other people's lives. And, what and we're also mean? always thinking about real estate. So I think Obviously. also touching upon, you know, how we see this in real estate. Um, cause that's what we do every day. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think, I don't know when the, the biggest thing for me, when I think about this topic for me was careers. Mm -hmm. Um, when I left college, I went right into the entertainment world. I went right to NBC. I worked in ad sales for 12 years and, you know, I, I had success. I worked with a lot of talented, great people, um, sold a lot of huge marketing deals and there was just something missing for me. And, you know, when I was started thinking about it in my late 20s. I started having conversations. Um, but I think that that career change for me was going to, it was going to be such a step back in my mind. Um, because I, because you gave so many years to, to a certain industry. To it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and relationships and, yeah. um, what I learned and the time I invested and I just couldn't imagine not staying in the industry. Um, and I, I think it wasn't for a couple of years when we talked, but mm -hmm. at first I was, you know, st starting to fish around and just sort of see what options were out there. 
But again, it was that fear of, could I really see myself not right doing this? In this? Yeah. And I think even bigger picture to that is the older you get. And in hindsight, when you look back, and I, I truly believe this, you know, your life is like a tapestry. Everything you did, even if it feels like, oh, that was a wrong direction. I wasted time there. Mm -hmm. It's all meant to be and gives you the skills and learning and life lessons that you need to do what you need to do next. There totally. are things that you do in sales. When we first met, we, we talked about this before, you had a sales background. It was just shifting that to a different totally. industry. It was repurposing it. But I think for me, what happened was, is I, I was at NBC. I was at, you know, the big corporate America selling the big brand. Mm, yeah. And I was at a bottleneck of getting that promotion. And it was just interview after interview after interview. I was like, you're great, but we went with someone else. And so finally I ripped the mandate off and I went to another company and then another company. Mm -hmm. And I think those maybe for me, it softened the blow. But at, the, at by the third time, the third company, which I loved all of them, I was like ready for this change. Um, and for me, it's the biggest example of losing to win. Because now that I'm in real estate, mm -hmm. I can't imagine not having this opportunity, right. not being in real estate, not doing what I'm doing. Um, and it's funny because I'll encounter colleagues that are still friends and uh people that i worked with you know and i think it's just a whole different world for me but do i miss it no right quick story along those lines and then i want to go back to something you said which is um recently i was in dallas and i was having dinner with a group of people and someone was talking about career change and we were uh, we were with clients and there was a another a real estate broker there who in his former career had been a, an entertainment agent and really was, I mean, really was at the top of his game mm -hmm. and just said to his wife one day, every day, it just, it's not that he wasn't uber successful, didn't love what he did. Well, he didn't love what he did. He just wanted something different. Yep. And he studied architecture when he was younger and he pivoted and went into real estate. And I'm sure, well, I know he told me, there were people that said, how can you walk away at this point, at this level? Um, but it's years later now, and he's looking back and saying, thank God I made that change. Not that, you know, that's for everyone. But you said something, I'm going to go back to, you said, so you would have interview after interview and say, we love you, we think you're doing great, but we went with someone else. Why do you think, what was the, what was missing that they went with someone else? I know? wish I knew. Um, really? I mean, I, I truly think I was always an internal hire. Okay. Cause these were, I was, I was doing a lot of interviewing internally. Right. And I think I was kind of getting promoted without concrete experience. So I was going up against people that had real experience who they were bringing in from the outside, from the outside. Yep. Okay. Um, so that just kept happening. Okay. You know, and I think, could I have interviewed nine more times and probably gotten it? Maybe. Mm -hmm. But is that what I wanted? You know? Obviously again? not. Yeah. yeah. So it, okay. it's crazy how it works out. Yeah. Yep. 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 How about you? 
how about me in terms of just uh, in terms changes? of the busy, yeah i mean we've talked about the small examples yeah. and we can talk about that more but in terms of like a a really big example of a time when you okay um so after college i lived in washington dc for three years and very pivotal interesting time obviously it's my first time i'm living out in the world not in school not at home and um it's also when i came out but we'll do another <laughs> we can do a whole segment on, on we'll do a whole series out. on that yes um season two season two right but so i'm living in dc and i had my first job out of college which was a corporate job. I could not stand it. And then I got into radio and television ad and air and space time. And I loved it. And I did really well. But I knew something was missing. And I wanted to go explore, explore and travel the world. And I just I made some money. So I just decided, I'm just going to go and I'm going to go travel for six months to a year. And that ended up being six or seven years overseas in Israel, South Africa, Australia, ended up becoming much more uh, observant in my Judaism and in touch with spirituality, and then worked for a nonprofit that took me all over the world and introduced me to phenomenal people. Um, and so I'd say that was, if I look back now, and I remember thinking, oh my God, all my friends, so I came home, I was, I don't know, 29, 30, whatever it was, and I thought, all oh, my friends are going to be so ahead of me. This has set me back. I'll never, you know, catch up. And, you know, some friends were doing different things. Half my friends went to law school but weren't practicing law. And I came back and I jumped in. And it's who, I mean, I look back on that experience and I would never trade it ever. And believe me, there were times when I was there that I thought, what am I doing? And, you know, but it just felt right. And when it was time to come home, I also knew it was time to come home hmm. or come back to the States. It's crazy. I, I had the same, I mean, when I went abroad on a much smaller during college, I remember not wanting to go because the thought of not being on campus for oh, wow. four months, Yeah, you know, and in hindsight, you know, similarly, you back, right. I couldn't imagine missing college life. There were only eight semesters. I couldn't imagine missing one. Out of the eight semesters, the best one I had was when I was in Spain. And what, where were you in Spain? Spain, yeah. Where? In Madrid. In Madrid, okay. I and again, the, yeah. a huge challenge in my life. I mean, like you said, I did a homestay. I was forced to speak the language. And then when I came home, I was, you know, so happy that yeah. I made that decision. Of course. Yeah. And do you remember what it was, though, that got you to do it? Again, I think it just felt right. Um, it wasn't even on my radar going into college. And then when I got to Boston College, it was, everyone was talking about going abroad. Mm -hmm. I had studied Latin, so I needed to like quickly study Spanish. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about Spanish, the language, or, I mean, I was like, <laughs> I'm still the worst speaker, but um, yeah. But it's crazy how, I think you're right. I think um, the fear of falling behind really can. The fear of falling behind or not taking your own path. Yep which is a journey, again, the older I get, obviously, the more I look back and, and realize that. But it's scary to, you know, the, the road less traveled, um, to take your own path, something that just 
intrinsically you know is right for you. Um, I'll, so in real estate, I actually thought there's three things I wanted to be in my life. An architect, um, a talent agent, a talk show host. And I thought, if I don't do any of them, what do I love and what, what could I do? And I thought, well, I also love homes and I've always been good with people and I'm great at sales. So I'll sell magnificent homes, <laughs> which will com combine a lot of these mm -hmm. aspects of those different jobs. And so I knew at 16, I'm probably the only 16-year-old of my generation that knew they wanted to be a real estate broker. But over the years, it would come up and I wouldn't do it for all different reasons. And then finally, I jumped in and I did it. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember, though, the fear. I remember saying to my father, what if I don't succeed at this? Because I was coming off of another job that was, I was making good money, but it was very safe. And I remember the fear before I started. In my mind, I could see big picture that I'd be successful. But of course, you have those, those nagging doubts and that creep in and so mm -hmm. yeah so losing to win personally i mean I, we've all shared we've shared we have shared stories now but with business how has how do you think about losing to win in real estate um both person like as your business but also dealing with clients because you know we're constantly advising clients and sometimes everyone always says this is the biggest asset for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we have to advise people how to make decisions, how to perform, what to you know, what to do with the pricing. Should they sell? Should they right. accept an offer? Um, how and do if, you think? And it, if not the biggest biggest asset, the other component is can be one of the most emotional assets correct. that they own because it's their home. Mm -hmm. So I would say the simplest that I can think about, and we're particularly dealing with a lot of it right now, is having hard, difficult conversations, which may not be pleasant. And, you know, you're going up against someone, you're telling them news they don't want to hear, but better that you have that from the get-go and set it straight and put the platform there for what you're trying to communicate. If it's pricing and they think it should be priced here and they're just not in tune with the market, mm -hmm. that's, that's do the hard work now, essentially, and lay the groundwork. Because when you do get offers and maybe they're coming in in the area that you said they would, the seller has already been, um, they can, they, it's with ease that they can understand why those offers are coming in at that price. I think that's the, the simplest to look at. Like, it's almost like do the hard work now if you want losing to win, essentially, because in the end, you're winning, you're getting the sale, you're winning because you're selling the property for your client, which is ultimately the, the real win. So that's talking about the client. How about you? Have you ever had to lose in this business to win? Have you ever had to walk away from a client or have you ever had to leave anything on the table where you, in hindsight, think it was definitely the best thing to do? Oh, yeah, of course. Like any business, you make decisions, um, whether it's, I, I worked with a client years ago and they had there were going to be three properties, pretty major properties that were all going to be coming a buy, a sell, another buy, sell, and another situation. And so it's, we looked at the overall deal and the volume of the deal and, you know, what our 
payout would be. And we found a way to negotiate so that they felt like we are giving you all this business and continue, God willing, to give you business. And so you do the, what I felt in that moment was do the right thing. It was a particular situation where I needed to bridge the gap on one or two of the sales. So we kicked in. And I have to tell you, those clients have become some of my best, if if not my best, one of my best referral sources. Right. Because, yeah, so, you know, did I, I kick in money that I wouldn't have had to? But, of course, it's so simple. If, you, if you're looking at big picture, it's all, it's playing chess, not checkers. It's always looking at the bigger, broader picture, which gets to what we talked about before. If you look back on life, everything's happening for a reason. Everything we've done, even the moments that we feel like we've wasted time or we maybe laid out too much money or put in. I think that if you're strategic or doing it from your gut or what you know is the right decision, it comes back yep. tenfold. No, I agree. I mean, I think sometimes we have to make these decisions and we talk about this, like maybe that it's just worth doing this deal. Yeah. Because we know, as you said, they're going to be an, a great referral source. And we'd rather they have 100% trust in us yeah. and know that we're honest people. And we are. And that's going to shine. Um, and I think that goes a long way and will outpay yeah. know, what we could have made on that one I, I'll tell you, we just, I just said this this morning. And it comes up a lot where someone is asking me for advice. And, and we have all different scenarios where we're giving advice, but where we're in a situation where I, I truly believe the more you give, the more you get, and we may not be on the deal or getting traditionally paid on something that we're seeing the payout right away, but always giving, being available and giving your, if someone calls, I've had people, you know, where it was between me and another broker and we don't get the listing. Some, the other broker gets it. I oh you never burn bridges and I always say to the the person um you know if you need anything call me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I sincerely mean that and I'm gracious about it and a I think it's just the right thing to do and the right energy but b uh, if the, that broker doesn't sell it literally I have a call at five o'clock today yep. they'll come back and they send a text saying we think we made a mistake can we talk at five yep. Again, I wasn't, I was just being honest and authentic. Yep. And, and sometimes that's hard when you feel like, especially if you feel like someone's taking advantage. And of course, then you have to suss out how much energy you're giving to someone if you're wasting your time yep. um, or you're being taken advantage of. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I have a question. How do you explain this theme to your kids? Ooh. And if you haven't, I'm sure you will, but how would you? The losing to win? Yeah, because I, I mean, it's got to be hard for a kid to accept this theme. So what, what comes to mind, and then I have to think of an example, but what comes to mind is I think we've all seen where they have the two kids and they put the candy in front of them at the table and they leave the room and they say, if you don't take these two and you wait, we'll give you two rather than one. And right. inevitably they take the candy yeah, that's in front of them. Yeah. And I see our little Scarlett do that all the time. Lily, obviously, she's getting older. She's learning that, you know, perseverance and instant gratitude is not always what the win in the end. Mm -hmm. I would say with Lily, who <laughs> is more like me and a procrastinator, 
but she's got Kirk to balance that out. So she's lucky. Um, she's learned to do the things she doesn't want to do and get it out of the way so that she can maybe have her evening free. It's like, come home and do your homework kind right. of thing. Yep. That, I, I guess that's what comes to mind. We try to really instill, I'm sure as most parents do, that discipline, perseverance is such a huge part. To tell your kid they can do anything in the world, I think actually hurts them. Mm -hmm. And certainly we, we're fortunate Many of these kids have great opportunities. However, they have to learn work ethic. We totally. may be able, able to open doors, but if you don't have the work ethic mm -hmm. or the talent or the the common sense, um, then you you won't get very far. Yeah, but it's crazy because or the luck, luck, luck not being a part. parent, but yes, everything we just said about how losing teaches you. Yes, but it's like. The last thing you want is for your kid to lose. Of course. You know, so oh, then right, it's like, right. You don't want them to see the pain. Yeah. But if they don't, I'll tell you what I struggle with. Kirk and I talk about this all the time and we talk about it with friends. How do you keep your kids hungry, not jaded, mm -hmm. not spoiled? We live in New York City. Right. They, you know, were successful and fortunate and they have friends that, you know, live a lifestyle beyond. How do you teach your children? You, you want your kids to have not conflict, but um, I, I can't think of the Adversity. word. Adversity. Thank you. Look at Caroline. Thank you. You want, adver you want your adversity, right? I I'll never forget this. Barbara Walters years ago used to do her uh, three most famous people of the year, most influential people of the year was always before the Oscars. And one year she interviewed Arnold Schwarzenegger and he said, adversity builds character. I've never forgotten that. I think I was a teenager and it's true. So that's what I think about it as, as a parent. Of course, you don't want to see your kids in pain or to suffer, but adversity builds character. You want your kids to have character. Yep. That, and I, I think that Sometimes in New York City, um, that can be hard. Totally. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I would imagine, as you said, you want the best for your kids, so yes. that's really got to be a struggle. It, um, we talk about it a lot. We were out Saturday night with friends and asking, they have, their kids are older, and ask, asking them about, I'll give you the smallest example. Lily loves to read, thank God, and she, I take her to the bookstore and she buys books. Mm -hmm. um, I've actually told her recently she has to start going to the library because we don't have any more room for the books. Um, but she's like me. She loves books. Um, so we'll go to the bookstore and she'll pick out six books. And I'll say to her, you, you, you're not getting all those books. You can pick four. Mm -hmm. You can pick three. Mm -hmm. Inevitably, she'll come back and get the others once she finishes them. But I'm doing that just so that she learns you can't always get what you want. Make a decision. Prioritize which books you actually want. And it seems so small, but it's, it's a lesson. It's a lesson if I just sure. said, you can always get whatever you want. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not healthy, right? As adults, do we get everything? Do you get everything you want all the time? No, I mean, I'd get every listing. Oh, I mean, I'd wow. get every, right. You know, every, and we don't get every, I mean, we, we have a very good success rate, yeah. but sometimes we're going to get beat out. And I think when we walk out of a listing appointment where we didn't get it, 
what do we say? Like, why didn't we get it? Right. You know, and if we can put our, and what can we do better? Exactly. Yeah. And what did, what, and what should we have done not better? Meant to be, yeah, of course, yeah, but, but I think we learn. Yeah. And maybe it wasn't meant to be, maybe there's another reason, but at least we can step back and say, what can we do better the next time? Right. So we did something this morning. We were at one of our, really one of our terrific listings. Um, it's a beautiful property. And we had a bunch of brokers previewing and then had a discussion after. And I started the discussion by saying that in these times that are more difficult and when you have adversity, we're actually leaning on each other more. Brokers are talking more, supporting each other more. Mm -hmm. um, I jokingly said, God, I see more people. I'm talking to more brokers than I normally do because when you're so busy and it's just doing deals, one deal after the other, deals are just flying. That's all you're focused on. Totally. And then you almost, and this is where it weeds out, you know, the, the, the good brokers from the other brokers, <laughs> the, the other brokers. Thank you. Um, this weeds people out and this is really where you have to, but again, I think you learn chops. I think you learn yeah. lessons and tools that we're going to then go into the next phase of the market, which you know, we'll have this, uh, a bigger tool set, which I yep. think is always beneficial. That's right. That's right. All right. Enough about business. Let's <laughs> talk about relationships. We're flipping roles here. That's usually me. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know okay. that's why I'm going to take control. <laughs> 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 but, um, no, with relationships, I think relationships really fit into this topic. Um, right. cause I losing to win, right? Totally. That's, Losing that's, to win. And both, again, both in professional and personal with friends, with family. Okay. Any, I think there comes a point where you just realize I don't necessarily hate you, mm -hmm. but we're better off if oh, in a relationship, we're uh, going to be better off. Yeah. And no matter what this together, relationship right. is, we're both going to be better off, healthier, feel better if we don't continue down this path. And as I said, whether that's friends or partners or family or right. business, I think it's really, um, yeah. I don't know. I think there's examples I can say I've had an ex where it was a long distance relationship. And I just think it came to be that I didn't, I didn't not enjoy the relationship. I just couldn't deal with the five hour time change. And mm -hmm. it was like, we would spend time together. And it wasn't fun. And I'm like, we didn't even when get you to, were together. Well, that was the problem is like, we, we were arguing on the one week in a month that we were seeing each other. Uh, and I was like, you're a great person, right? I feel like I'm a good person. I right. think we're just going to be better if we so don't. So were you the one that ended it? I did. Yeah. And that was hard. Yeah, it was hard because I truly think if the distance didn't get in the way, right. I don't, again, I don't know. Ending relationships, any kind of relationships, ending a relationship with your barber. It's just scary because it's like, <laughs> oh my God, I've known this person for how long? This is who I've counted on. I can't even fathom not going to the same barber. And we all know you're like loyalty to your barber, like, or a dentist, or you you'd, know, be, you'd be shocked if you knew what I paid for my haircut. I no, probably I, pay more. Than you, you probably pay. pay more than I pay all year. <laughs> I actually think you do. <laughs> it's close. When you have no hair, you actually need a better haircut. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> Don't get into my hair envy. And I still think I have hair. I'm always flipping it. Um, so 
it's funny when we watch videos of, you know, because we do all these videos and social media, there are times, most of the time I just see myself. I don't even, it just glazes over, but there are times and I'm like, oh my God, I have no hair. Like, <laughs> I really think I have hair, but I guess I don't. All right. But you're one of those people that yes. is so loyal to my hair. Yeah. Your barber. <laughs> yeah. 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 You don't even say barber. What, what, what were you using? Hairstylist. Your hairstylist. <laughs> Oliver. That's what I say. Oliver. Okay. So relationships taking, so losing to win, taking a step back. Uh, so I'll share something. Years ago, I had a mentor, this woman, Robin Lynn. She was remarkable. And Robin was a coach. This woman could, she would be sitting across from you and could, oh my God, she could just pin you within two seconds. She just had a sixth sense and she had an amazing way of delivering it. And she was tough. She'd hit you with something and say, and that's your good news, sugar. So anyway, Robin said to me, and we, we grew very close. And uh, she said, Stephen, you want to be in a relationship, right? You know, I was wanted to have a partner, life partner and start a family. And I said, yes. And she said, anyone you're attracted to run the other way. <laughs> and she said, because who you think you're attracted to and what you're attracted, that's, that's just for your ego because you'd like to take care of people. And I had another friend. It wasn't, this sounds worse than it is, but my one friend said, you'd like to date guys with broken wings. I thought, you know, whatever, you know, the, the younger guy who needed to be taken care of all that. And <laughs> he said, and that last one had two broken wings. So um, anyway, when I, when Robin said that to me, I really gave it a lot of thought and I shifted like what I found attractive. And then when I'd meet those people, it really wasn't attractive. And I used to say, I want to have children, not date children. And I shifted my energy. And that's when Kirk came into my life, who is very handsome and good looking, but is, you know, he's a, he's a true adult, right? you know, and doesn't need to be taken care of. Not a kid. Not a kid. Um, hmm. Is your relationship now different than your past relationships in terms of personality? Oh, in terms of personality? Like Don sure. compared to, sure, I but, don't know, the other. I mean, Don and I have 18 years between us, and I've never no. had a gap before in age. Oh, that's, um, I always, do you know I forget that? But I forget it. I never, yeah. well, first of all, Don looks very yeah, he young. He looks younger than I do. Yes, uh, like Kirk. You know, people I, think I'm Kirk's dad, which right. is fucking annoying. But okay, I never, I never think about the age difference with mm -hmm. you and Don, mm -hmm. and you forget. So it doesn't forget, become yeah. a no. You've never had an age gap. Honestly, the only time age comes up with us is yeah. when we're talking about. I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. Like music or I know, TV that's shows. What I was going to say music because I Don yeah. will throw out a TV show and I'm like. Yeah, no idea. Right, right. No idea. Didn't see it. So Don, all right, forget Never the age crap. Personality, who Don is, different than? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's funny. I, I'm a morning person. He's a night person. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I would plan everything, organize everything, have it scheduled, laid out. Um, I pack for trips 24 hours in advance. Mm -hmm. He's packing like 30 minutes before we have to leave. Um <laughs> So I'm real curious to see what our mornings are like, but oh, with the switch, we'll get there. right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, it works. And I think also you learn from each other. So I think I've learned that to calm down a little bit and to not always plan. Um, yeah. You know, because I'm, you know, I have an Outlook calendar that everything's in it. And, you know, I think sometimes it's good just to like, yeah, go with the flow a little bit. And that's not me, but I work on it. Right. Well, that's why you're together. Yeah. You know, they say beshert in Yiddish, which means soulmate. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean, oh, it's love and lovey-dovey or soulmate all the time. In in the Yiddish beshert and the understanding, the definition is like a puzzle, your soulmate. So it could be things that it's, of course, yin and yang. What you're good at, he's not as good. What right. he's good at, you're not as good. But the difference in your personality could push you to grow. Mm -hmm. That's what it's about. Your right. soulmate is who's going to push you to grow the greatest. I like that. All right. Last thing I want to see what your thoughts are on this topic. Um, losing in terms to of win. Losing to win in terms of fitness, in terms of diet. I think, I don't know. I, I have a, one of my best friends, we joke about, we've, we've started and quit more <laughs> diets and fitness regimes right. and over the years. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, we're all always thinking about is like losing weight to win. Right. You know, so right now, like, what are, what are you thinking about? Like fitness? Um, what have you been doing? Where you're asking me after the two muffins I yeah. just ate from, well, I from that, that open house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You and everyone else. I saw right. that tray go quickly. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I hate wasting food. That's why I hate them. Um, my thoughts on that losing to win. Oh my God. That's the easiest, right? It's giving up immediate gratification for, you know, the long-term gain for feeling good in your clothes. And when you're out at night, um, but in the moment that's hard. We were at a, a charity event last night for the Drama League, and we we had we had a table and we had invited some guests. And um, I remember thinking, should I have a drink? And I really wasn't in the mood. Like I was fine and having a good time. And it's so simple. But I was like, should I? I ended up having a drink. But many times I'll just have a you know like a sparkling water because yeah. I'm not if I'm not craving it. Why? Why have it? Right. Um, but I think much harder is with diet, which is the discipline. I, you have a trainer. I have a trainer. I get up early in the morning to work out three days a week with my trainer. And that's not always easy. But when I'm laying there for that split sex, second um, or five seconds, Mel Robbins talks about this new five, four, three, two, one to get yourself counting backwards in order to get yourself motivated to do what that action is rather than thinking about the action and not doing it or that you don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. Just count backwards and jump into it. Mm. Anyway, what's the, uh, the losing to win there is, well, I'll, I'll give an example. This is actually very interesting. Living a busy life as we all do and having kids and mm -hmm. Kirk having his own career and managing our lives and our homes and all that. There have been times where I wake up, I tend to get up very early anyway, and Kirk will be up and we'll start talking and the kids are asleep and mm -hmm. the house is very quiet and we see we have some time. And there's been one or two times, sorry, Kevin, my trainer, that I've actually just 
pinged him and said, I'm not going to come in today because Kirk and I are in a really deep conversation. We're connecting on something or talking about something very important. And I'm, I'm weighing, okay, I'm going to waste money. I hate wasting money, right. but I'm paying for that session. Mm -hmm. But it's more important that for me to sit and have this conversation right now. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's losing to win, but it just... Sure, but I think, again, that's like where we started the conversation. These small things happen in our lives. Yeah, I think that's absolutely... You lost the training session. Right, and the money. And yeah, the money. True. Yeah, yeah, right. And the bigger muscles. But yeah. what did you gain? But look at me. Yeah, you don't need it. Um, <laughs> exactly. Um, right, but what did I but gain? what did you gain? What did I gain you spiritually, know? mentally, emotionally for myself, yeah. for my partner, for my family? Yep. And that's why in those moments, and it doesn't happen that often, but I, I make that choice. Mm -hmm. What about you? Losing to win. Um, in, in realms of fitness or spiritual, spiritually, mentally, physically. I mean, for me, fitness has always been something that just kind of keeps me focused. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think I've had to give up, sacrifice, um, you know, when I was training for the marathons, that was like a huge time commitment. Mm -hmm, right. Um, and I always say I would probably never do it again, just because running a marathon is not just about the 26 miles. It's the day before you lose your social life. The mm -hmm. day after you lose your social life. Um, no, interesting. you know, cause yeah. you, you can't be out the night before right. and then you go right. run a 14 mile training session. So, you know, I lost a lot of time and, but I think what, that taught me running and the lessons of pushing through and um, getting over some of those hurdles helped help me, you know, to in other aspects of my life. Right. Um, so again, I think, yeah, did I miss whatever it was? How many weekends in my twenties training for three marathons? Yeah, but I think I learned stuff from that, um, and I, you know, I have that confidence that. I achieved such a major goal. Yeah. And, and that, that you set your self up. Yeah, I had yeah. set myself up for that and I did it. You um, know what words coming to mind regarding this losing to win, which is choice. And we always have a choice in any moment, which way we're going mm -hmm. to go or head. Um, and so choosing whatever it is to focus on what our bigger goal is, the quote, getting ahead. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, always, because you can always choose in any moment where you're going to go, you know, are you going to get up and work out? Or are you just going to roll over and go back to sleep? Yep. So, yeah. All right. So losing to win, we're closing out our third episode. Final thoughts? No, I just, I, I mean, I, I think as I started, um, I think in every aspect, you just have to think about what the advantages are and not be afraid to take that step back. As scary as it is in the time, sometimes I think you just have to yeah. <laughs> have a little bit of faith and you know, close your eyes and jump. And sometimes it's in really big things in life. And as I said, sometimes it's getting out of that taxi and, right. and going walking. for that walk. <laughs> These, my blessing for you is those should be your biggest problems. Yeah. All right. So thanks everyone for tuning into Real Talk. Um, send us ideas for other topics you'd like to hear about. I have to tell you, I have to thank everyone. I've gotten great feedback. Um, I can't believe people have the time to actually listen, but they, they claim they do. So um, tune in for 
episode four next. Thanks, guys. Bye.